0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Ministers Minute. This is Royce Salanese again, here with uh, James White. How's it going, James? Going well. Awesome. Well, in the last episode that you released for Ministers Minute, I had the pleasure of talking to you about the case for exegetical preaching. It's a very good conversation. Uh, I think we, uh, I hope everyone could uh, get some good information and we're challenged by it. And, and so this week's topic is is fairly closely related to it. We're going to be talking about developing a sermon this week. And James, talk a little bit maybe about just how, how was it for you in learning how to do this? Maybe a little bit like what was it like in the beginning when you first started preaching and how did you feel about it? What were some of the, the obstacles? And then we can kind of maybe jump into the steps that you take now.
1: I think many times on the podcast, I've mentioned this, and unfortunately, it's true. But I remember when I first started in ministry, it hasn't been that long ago, but it's been, you know, right at seven, eight years ago now. I was terrible. <laughs> um, I remember, and I didn't realize it. I thought I knew a lot more than I actually did. And I started Bible college online at BCF, Baptist College of Florida. And one Mm -hmm. of the first classes I took was a class called hermeneutics, which essentially is a class that says, this is how you read God's word. Mm -hmm. And I took this class and throughout this whole semester, what I began to realize was I didn't know how to read God's word. And then it made it just click with me because I don't know how to read God's word effectively. My preaching and teaching has been quite terrible. (laughs) Um, And so since then I have taken a lot of classes and read a lot of books that kind of just aided me in preparing a sermon. Mm-hmm. And as I said on the previous episode, I generally preach verse by verse through a specific book of the Bible. And if I don't do that, my key is to exegete the text, meaning mm-hmm. finding the true meaning of the text and then rightly mm-hmm. applying it to our lives today. In my approach to this, I can contribute a lot of it to a book called Preach by Mark Dever. Now mm-hmm. I would, I've altered his kind of approach in a lot of ways. But it's a fantastic mm-hmm. book. So I, I want to begin by mm. saying this isn't new th- stuff to me. This is things that other people have taught me either by their writings or by classes that I've taken. But that's one good book that you could re- read farther about than mm. what I'm going to try to e- introduce to you. In.
0: How long would you say you've been using this current method that you're about to to talk to us about?
1: I would probably say three, maybe four years. Um, okay. I've, I've twisted it and molded it some. Mm-hmm. In, in the last three, four years, but really after about a year of starting the pastor that I previously left, this is mm-hmm. really when I kind of got into it.
0: Okay, great. All right, James, so you're going to be walking us through um, developing a sermon ranging from how you look at the text before you even start outlining to creating that kind of initial rough outline and down into the actual structuring of the sermon piece by piece. So I look forward to it. Go ahead and, and talk to us a little bit about how you would understand the text first.
1: Okay. Well, I do want to begin by saying this: that if this kind of strikes an interest of any listener out there, and you're kind of curious of how I walk through this even more detailed, I would be more than happy to send you a PDF that. I'll walk through when I come to text, and I kind of have it to where I can check off these different steps. If you want that, reach out to us, and I would be glad to get it to you. But I really begin, as as Royce introduced and said, I begin by understanding the text. This is really just being engulfed in the Word of God itself. This is before even looking at it in the context of a sermon, really understanding what it says itself. Now, I do this in multiple ways. First off, I read it. Now, Mm -hmm. that that sounds very simple, right? Of course, you begin by (laughs) reading the text. But to be more detailed than that, I read it a lot. And then even sometimes I listen to it being read to me because that's a different dynamic of taking Mm -hmm. it in. Right. Um, And then also living busy lives. It's easy to listen to it time in and time out because Mm -hmm. think about it. If you got a, a scripture that's five to 15 verses you can listen to that on repeat for like 20 minutes and know that text in and out.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: so not only do I read it multiple times, but another key part of that is reading it in different translations. Mm. Um, Now I preach out of the ESV. That's where I land, but it is beneficial to read it in multiple translations just to kind of be more in depth in the sermon, the text itself. But then also like a recent sermon I preached, I, um, I was addressing a different, a specific word. I'm going to get there in a minute. I was addressing a specific word for the word sanctified that John uses. Hmm. And in every other translation besides the ESV, he actually uses sanctified for Jesus, where in the ESV it essentially says to set apart or something of that nature, which oh, means right. the mm-hmm. same thing, but it's mm-hmm. a different word. And All I right. knew in my mind that the congregation I was preaching to a, a, a good majority of them was using a different kind of scripture, uh, mm-hmm. a translation. Mm-hmm. So those are things that it helps in too, not only in understanding the text, but also understanding your context. Oh, yeah. um, but the next thing is diagramming it. And what I mean by that is really just reading through the text and just understanding the flow of that text. Um, it's, it can be easier in certain translations than others, depending on if it's word for word or thought for thought, um, thought for mm-hmm. thought. Uh, but diagramming it, um, you know, what, what words pointing where, uh, mm-hmm. setting this up in such a way that you would understand the text better. Um, mm-hmm. And then also when you're reading through text and preparing for a sermon, sometimes there's that one or two or maybe three or four words that stand out that are seem mm-hmm. to be like the pivotal part of the text itself. Mm-hmm. Especially right. when you get to some of the, the epistles. And so... Mm-hmm uh reading and understanding that word in the original languages is beneficial now Mm -hmm. don't be scared by that because with the resources we have today you can do that without knowing greek or without knowing hebrew and so Mm um and then the last thing i do in understanding the text is using commentaries now i want to i want to say this about using commentaries and why i emphasize this the last thing is because most times with the work of scripture and the work of the spirit in our lives, we can understand a lot of texts without resulting to commentaries. So Hmm. I use commentaries for two purposes. One, sometimes you get to that text or that scripture that you don't understand. You don't get, it's not clicking with you. And so if I don't understand or if I'm stuck on a specific scripture, I'll use a commentary to help me. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing is, I use it more as a proof for myself that after I've understood the text to make sure mm-hmm. these people agree with me, not that they're right or necessarily mm-hmm. right, but saying mm-hmm. I'm not wrong, comparing it to mm-hmm. other people and seeing what's going on. Because yeah. like, for example, I'm preaching through John regularly and DA mm-hmm. Carson writes a fantastic commentary on John. And so do some other guys that I read. And if I'm reading mm-hmm. through scripture and John, and I'm preaching it and I read their commentaries and I'm in left field and they're on right field. Mm-hmm. It shows me that hey, maybe I need to go back to the text and understand this a little bit better or maybe I need yeah. to put this up to something different.
0: Yeah, gotcha, that makes sense. That's good information to have though just how you looking at how are you looking at the God's word before you even begin to formulate your thoughts on paper. So run run through a quick with, uh, with us how you go about creating that initial kind of rough outline of what you would want to discuss in a sermon.
1: Main thing really is finding that main point of the text. And a lot of that work went into the first four steps that I mentioned, the first mm-hmm. four aspects of understanding the text. But really main, finding that main point of the text and really that work, as they kind of explained in my Bible college, is putting the text in a sentence to two sentences. This is the main point of this text. Um, And once you do that, then finding the main point of the sermon. And the reason why I say once you do that is the main point of the sermon should be the same thing as the main point of the text. Because we're preaching God's word in the way he intended it. So the main point we're Mm. trying to convey to God's people is what God's word is trying to convey to them. Mm. But obviously... You need to adjust that some as you're trying to highlight certain specific things in the text itself. And so it's going to be the main point of the text itself, but you may highlight different things about it. And in that, after you find those two things, you have to understand and kind of contemplate and think through how does this apply not only to God's people, but Mm -hmm. the specific people of God that I'm preaching to. Now, Mm -hmm. I've had the joy of preaching at my current church, my new church twice already Mm-hmm. And this part is the most difficult for me right now mm-hmm. because I've only been there a month I don't know the yeah. people and mm-hmm. so understanding how this applies to their life seems very general in my preaching right now because mm-hmm. I don't know them well yet and so yeah. but as far the farther you know and the, the better you get to know your people this gets easier and the reason yeah. this is important so often so many people think application of the text isn't as important as maybe the content and I would agree, because the content should guide our application. But mm-hmm. if we're preaching without any application for the people to understand God work God better and to grow in their knowledge of him, as well as applying the truths of his scripture, then we're really missing an opportunity. And so I have a bunch of questions that i walk through when I get to this step, and I really can't word, read them for this podcast. That's why I wanted to kind of highlight again if you want the pdf that i'll walk through for this those would that would be beneficial for meditating on the application and then the last thing that i always do and i think this is crucial in every sermon we do it's make sure the gospel is preached And make sure it's integrated into the sermon itself, not just tacked on at the end or at the beginning. So you Mm -hmm. can kind of mark that off your checklist of preaching because God's word is the gospel. I mean, in some way or another, it's explaining an aspect of the gospel that you can highlight and then explain the rest. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of the rough outline. That's kind of how Mm -hmm. I get to the rest of it. Gotcha. Good.
0: Talk to us about then, um, once you have that rough outline, how do you actually structure each section
1: of the sermon from beginning to end? Okay, so this looks different. I want want to be clear, is that depending on your preaching style, depending on your congregation, depending on the text you're preaching, your outline is going to look different. But generally speaking, I have an uh, introduction, an exegesis of the text, and in that, maybe an illustration to help us understand that part of scripture, and then mm-hmm. application of the text and then the conclusion. And really just to kind of introduce each of these topics is in the introduction, having a way of explaining what we're about to address. Uh, for some people, that may be some form of humor. Some people that may be addressing something cultural. Some people, it may be connecting it to the previous sermon. It depends on the text itself. It depends on your situation. Uh, but having some way of introducing the text itself instead of jumping straight in there. And you may be in a context where the introduction is not important at all, but most yeah. people aren't. Most people, you need to ease them into the scripture a little bit. The The yeah. next thing is the big part of my sermons, and that is the exegesis of the text. And a lot of that's done in step one and two, really understanding the text and then kind of spelling out. What the text is saying and so generally speaking since i do verse by verse this is walking through the the scripture verse by verse explaining what god's word is saying there's a lot of work that goes into this there's hours of prep that goes into this but you have to be careful in how you explain this because it is crucial because ultimately speaking you have to be able to preach to your congregation not as a seminary student or a scholar Or someone educated but in such a way that they're going to understand it and then the next thing is really maybe an illustration to aid them in that now Mm -hmm. many people would use an illustration in the introduction um and just finding that way of explaining it to them Uh, we really see jesus doing this right Mm -hmm. Um, he uses parables he uses different stories and things of that nature to explain what he's trying to convey to the people much like we would do today with different illustrations and things of the such. Not every text did takes an illustration. Not every time mm-hmm. it's necessary. Sometimes the illustration is already there for you, um, much like if you're preaching through Jesus' teaching. You may not need mm-hmm. an extra an illustration because he's already done that for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last thing, or well, second to last thing, is this application of the text. Now, generally speaking, I really apply this at the end. That's my preaching style many pastors and it's okay if you do this i think it's actually beneficial in some ways actually intertwine this in the actual eschatological work of the sermon and so Uh as they're preaching verse by verse they may be applying this as they're working their way through it that's what a lot of people do and it works well for them i think it's i think that's a beneficial way of doing it but i think if you do that i think there is a necessity in concluding well and Uh including in concluding kind of the main point of the text and how we can rightly apply this to our lives. Now, with the application, I want to say this, is that when I speak of application, I don't mean necessarily go out and do this. Sometimes the application is also kind of implications. So it's things from the text that we should rightly understand. And so Mm -hmm. when I say application, I really mean implication or application. Gotcha. That makes sense.
0: Okay. Wow, that's a lot of really good information, James. Um, I'd like for you to, real quick before we end, um, just do a quick you know, 30-second, one-minute summary of all that we've spoken about from understanding the text to creating the rough outline to structuring the sermon. But before that, we're going to listen to a commercial from my band, The August Guns. Hi, I'm Micah. What's up? This is Royce. Hey, I'm Kirk. We are the August Guns. We're a rock band from Des Moines, Iowa. And you'll hear our music featured on the Everyday Ministry Podcast. On August 30th, we released our third EP, Born Into Noise, on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, and many other streaming platforms. This included our two recent singles, Born Into Noise and Speak True. We, through God's grace, have encountered Jesus Christ in his love, and we desire to reflect that love to people through what we do every day. So check us out. All right, we are back, and I just had a great conversation with uh, James White here regarding regarding developing a sermon, and uh, as requested before, James, please provide us with a, a good summary of what we just
1: discussed in this episode. Okay, well, I want to begin with an encouragement is when you're preaching God's word, Be yourself in the way that God's created you. Um, And in doing that, find the style that fits you and fits your congregation. Um, This is just a way that I approach preparing a sermon. And so do it in such a way that fits you and your people. I think too too often pastors try to be somebody else. But in doing that, what I try to do is approach it three ways. Understanding the text, developing a rough outline, and then structuring the sermon itself. Understanding the text is simply reading through God's word, diagramming it, doing word studies in original original languages, and then consulting commentaries when when necessary. Outside of that is the next thing, is the idea of a rough outline. And the key focus in this is finding the main point of the text. And in doing that, finding the main point of the sermon, which will be the same thing as the main point of the text, but really generated towards your people. And in that, really kind of focus on the application that of this text for your people and for the people that God has placed under your care. And in doing all of those things, ensure that you're preaching the gospel, not tacked on to the end or the beginning of the sermon, but integrated into the sermon itself. And the third and the final thing is to structure the sermon itself. Um, and that looks different for different texts and different sermons and different churches and different people. But my general outline is an introduction, an exegesis of the scripture, an application of the text, and then a the conclusion. Um, and then I didn't mention this in the podcast itself, but the fourth thing that you do in preparing a sermon is trust in God to work through it. All you can do is put the work in on the front end faithfully seek His will above all else, trust in His Spirit, present His Word to His people, and then trust God is going to do the work.
0: We'd like to thank you for listening to today's episode of the Everyday Ministry Podcast, where we seek to provide quality content, first, through our full-length episodes that release every first and third Monday of the month, and second, through the Minister's Minute. These are short 10 to 15-minute episodes that release every second and fourth Monday of the month, in which one of our co-hosts will seek to answer a specific question related to everyday ministry. If you enjoyed today's episode, we encourage you to subscribe and rate the podcast through the podcast catcher of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and YouTube. Today we pray peace and grace for you through our Lord Jesus Christ, and happy ministry.